This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was the NFL. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. It's the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 1992. <laughs> the year 1992 is the episode That's today. right. Yeah. Yep. We talked about the millennium a <laughs> yeah, couple of years ago. Uh, right. A couple of weeks ago. Do you yes. remember that in the millennial episode? Yes, of course, Bill. Yes. I think that um, the millennium in yeah. 1992, it's like we're really starting to get into uh, we're, d- big dumb years. Yeah, we're drilling down to what our favorite big dumb, <laughs> ob- just arbitrary years that we like is. So next episode will be episode 2004. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? Yes. Yeah. Um, Effort full disclosure bill i'm a little under the weather do you does does my voice sound robust and raspy and kind of more do i have more gravitas you should be able to answer that because this is the first episode where you're wearing headphones <laughs> in the studio that's true you can actually hear yourself for the first time ever in 92 episodes ever and i do, and i guess what i'm saying is that i sound a little scratchy and i have some gravitas i wonder <laughs> if that would actually if you actually do or if you're hearing yourself for the first oh, time oh that's really interesting too maybe I'm, i don't have a cold right maybe i'm actually perfectly healthy but transmitted through the headphones i have a cold we've done 91 episodes <laughs> before this and like adam said full disclosure i'm the only one who wears headphones in the studio <laughs> Yeah. Billy, uh, me, Billy, am mixing it while we go along. That's right. Making sure that we can be heard. That's right. And you never had the burden of doing that. I never had the burden. To me, I was like, well, Billy's got that covered. He's captaining the ship. He has the headphones. He's telling me subtly, quietly to be quiet when I'm too close to the mic. Right. I am just a free spirit, free agent, free angel. <laughs> right. Don't want headphones hemming me in, but I have to say they they feel comforting. Okay. It feels like my head is being squeezed and hugged in a, like kind of a subtle but profound way. How do I sound? You sound crystal clear. Okay. I'm I'm honestly still adapting to this new reality. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you sound wildly intimately close to me. Okay. And uh, it feels good. I feel comforted by your voice. I think you sound great, too. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Um, it is 8.45 in the morning, Adam. Yeah, it is, man. This is earlier than we usually record. Maybe that's also why my voice is a bit scratchy. It is Wednesday. It is 8.45. Yes. We were hoping to record a couple episodes a few days ago. Didn't work out. Didn't work quite out. So now we are here at the butt crack of dawn. At the butt crack, which in Los Angeles, and I know that this is true about you because we We've spent many mornings together. Mm. The early morning is where we thrive. This okay. is like one of our favorite like sort of pockets of the day collectively, you and I. Okay. Is like the times between sunrise and like day rise. Okay. When like whatever city we're in starts to wake up. This is a – this is prime – to me, it's when I feel, and I'm being sincere, I know that I sound maybe sarcastic, it's just a cold. Okay. But I feel like it's when I feel most creatively fertile. It's when I feel really? a little bit mo- most like emotionally pliable and easy to access my true feelings. Nice. I think it's because like the, the, the day hasn't happened, hasn't sort of descended upon us yet. Okay. So like, I feel like it's a bit of a blank slate. I gotcha. So it's nice. Um, there was one thing when we were in New York City. Yeah. We would often have odd jobs. Yeah, we'd yeah. often be hired to stand on the corner and hand out flyers. Yes, dress up as like a bear and dance around New York. Correct at weird hours of the day, always. But those jobs often capitalized on rush hour. Yeah, when people were going to work, <laughs> and then as soon as people got to work, there was no more need Nobody. for you. So we would have jobs where we were done at nine fifteen in the morning. Yes, we'd have to be at work at four forty five in the yes. morning, but we'd be done at nine fifteen. And yes. there's something really satisfying—the best feeling, really satisfying—about <laughs> knowing you did a day's work and it's like eight. 45 in the morning. We're going to walk out of the studio. This is just the difference in your and my life right now. You're yes. going to go to actual work. Yes. I'm going to – it's going to be 945. I'm going to feel wholly accomplished. Yes. 
That's the thing. <laughs> like, I will leave here and be like, I did that with Bill. In an actor's <laughs> life, going to the post office, it's you, enough. Did, you did something today. That's a Thursday. I considered going <laughs> to the bank. I didn't even do it. I just considered it. But you know what? Check, check that yeah. off the list. That's always tough at the end of the day when your significant other comes home from an actual day of work and they're like, what'd you do today? And like, well, when you go through your mental roll, it actually like, I thought about going to the bank. I did. Yes. <laughs> I thought about going to the bank. I thought we really need some groceries. Right. And I thought about what I wanted to watch on TV. And then I ultimately took a nap. Seven, $11 on coffee. $11. That's what I did today. I spent $11 on coffee. God, that's today. funny. I will invent. And I don't even think I, this sounds sad. It's not sad. Almost like a humble sad. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, I will invent reasons for for me, I mean, maybe everyone does this. Actor schedule, no one does anything. I will invent very, very, very far-fetched reasons for me to even take a walk down to my neighborhood coffee shop and okay. just like, go and just just to as an outing. Right. Sometimes you need to invent outings. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. So an eight forty-five podcast. I woke up early. I was like, I have a job to do. I have to go talk <laughs> to my best friend Bill. I have a sense of purpose this morning. <laughs> that is so funny. We go goof around with Bill. Good. Good. Done, good. Done by nine forty-five. Um, well, it is officially fall. It is, man. It is uh, September 20-something. So it is the 20-something. Yep. Yeah. Which means that it's fall. It is. Which means that it's football season. Football's back, man. Yeah. The NFL is here. Um, college football is also here, but I pay fo- almost no attention to college football. Which you might want to start. Why? College football rocks. It, do- it Does it still rock? I mean, every week, every Saturday, you're going to get two games that end with zero seconds left on an 80-yard Hail Mary. That's pretty amazing. It's great. Yes. Um, so uh, there's that. Are, how plugged are you? Are you watching college football on Saturdays? Is no, that- oh, not okay. really. I'm saying I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. Right. I'm preaching to you to watch it, but I'm not. Yes, but Notre Dame, your team of choice, is pretty sick these days. No. Not even. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. And maybe in the physically ill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe they're sick. ill. Yeah. yeah. They've had an arrow pointing down for years now. Who was that rock star quarterback? Was his name maybe Everett Golson or okay. something like that? Golston, yeah. Oh, Golston? Did yeah. he make it to the league? Not really. Damn. <laughs> oh, damn. Not really. <laughs> Our best players are like tight ends and linemen. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you'll get a Golden Tate who sneaks out every so yes. often, but for the most part, we're we're not a good one anymore. Yes, not a It's such just a good Alabama. One. Yeah. Period. That's really it, isn't it? That's it. That's it's Alabama. They're sort of like the warriors of college football. Yeah. And then everybody else just like competes to who will lose to Alabama by thirty in right. the final game. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, but that's college football. But today we're gonna talk about the NFL. Talk about the pros. There's a lot of reasons to talk about the NFL. It is certainly right now in this moment in cultural time at the crosshairs of a lot of different conversations, right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wild. So rather than say why we're going to talk about it, let's just get right into it. Great. It's the first act of the No Joke podcast. In this podcast, we like to talk about our history. Yes. The first act. First act of the NFL. Yes. You're a Redskins fan. I am. Which is very silly. Very incredibly silly. If not silly, it's uh, a little bit weird. No, no, it's silly. Okay. And weird. Yeah. You're, and But more importantly, the reason why it's silly. Yes. Uh, please explain. That's right. Well, so when I was a youth youth, uh, maybe, I mean, pretty young, maybe like five years old, um, and maybe I've told this on the podcast before, but um, I don't, I have a very kind of small family tree, not a lot of cousins. No first cousins. Mm. My own, One of my only peer second cousins is uh, my cousin Gabriel, who I love very much. His parents, Jeff and Barbara, good friends with my parents. They were kind of the only cousin family we were close with. Yep. Gabe, they live in Boston, Patriots fans. Okay. Love the Patriots. Sure. Um, however, they also go to weird thrift shops and they get weird clothes, etc. So they had like one of these mini hutch sort of replica youth NFL jerseys. But yes. it wasn't just the jersey. It was the jersey. It was shoulder pads. Right. It was a helmet. It's called a kit. It's a whole kit. You got the football kit. And for like, uh, I mean, like to to say that I fetishized the physical object that was this life sized football helmet yeah. that I had as yeah. a kid is an understatement. It was like the coolest thing I owned. You loved wearing it. You loved seeing yourself in it. 
this was a that you liked what was happening. Just like how shiny it was, and just like the full Redskins logo of yep. it, I would just stare at it and sure. just kind of like turn it around like it was a globe. You wore the shoulder pads? Never. When, when would you wear the shoulder pads? Almost, I mean, just to be like put the whole thing on and be like, so this is what it feels like to okay. be a tight end. But you wouldn't run into like the corner. You like wouldn't like run into a wall. Not a lot of practical application of the shoulder pads. It was really just cosmetic. It was like this is what it feels like to have shoulders. Got it. But the re- but the jersey again happened to be randomly. I never even asked why. Don't know to this day why they had a Redskins replica youth jersey. Yep. But now I had it, and now that's my favorite team forever. That's a shame because that's one of the more problematic team names. Easily, <laughs> easily. <laughs> just wish it could have been like the Jets. Anyone- I mean, it's not great, but it's it's a plane. It's not it's not taking over Native Americans. You know what I mean? Like twenty five years later, almost any other team yeah, would, have yeah. been, would have been preferable right, right, right. <laughs> literally almost any other team right yeah so you grew up a Redskins fan I grew up a Redskins fan yeah. and again it was just like fairly arbitrary my father who played football in college and is himself a big sports fan in yeah. general and a football fan um, he is a big Dolphin fan Dan because, Marino fan Dan Marino it was like he, his fandom sort of a Dan Marino and flowered out to the Dolphins yep. I didn't have a, a peg into the NFL a no. super strong allegiance no, so you it went was, to a thrift store yeah, yeah, yeah. and my, became a Redskins fan. my cousin's <laughs> went to a thrift store and so I became a Redskins That's fan. That's everyone's NFL fandom <laughs> yeah, yeah, story yeah. though. How did you become a fan of the Giants, Billy? Well, my cousin Sean went to a thrift store and he bought me a Giants jersey. Is that why? No way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not at all. So, why, so you and the Giants? I'm from New York. That's it. That's how it works. Regionalism. Right. Regionalism. Right. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> On Sundays, what big dumb sweatpants were people in my town wearing? Red and blue sweatpants. Exactly. We root for the Giants. My mother town. is also from Long Island, as you know, the town over from yours. Yeah. Uh, my mother is very New York proud, yeah. incredibly so. Yeah. Uh, and she has an incredible – would be the first to admit that she has a irrational New York bias. Yes. Anything New York is allegiance. Anything not New York is suspicious. I think a lot of New Yorkers have that feeling as well. That's right. Yep. Um, but uh, she just started playing fantasy football this year. What are you talking about? She just started about, playing Adam. fantasy football Why? this year. Why? Why? I what think compelled I, her? With who? Great question. I think my dad maybe roped her into a league. Okay. My brother plays a lot. I'm sure, sure she, he's pulling the strings behind my mom's team secretly. Uh, but I was like, Mom, this is like football fan- – sports fandom in general, but football fandom specifically. This is where your irrational New York regionalism is going to come in real handy. Oh, yeah. This is where it applies. Yep. This is where like practical application of regional bias applies. Is yeah. sports. So she's Sport. gonna she's gonna draft Jeremy Shockey, even no. though he's seven years out of the league. <laughs> exactly. Got it. She drafts Mayor Ed Koch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dinkins care. was already taken. Yeah. They already took Mayor Dinkins. Uh, yes. So you're from New York. What was your first exposure? Were you watching NFL games as a kid? Uh yes. Yes. I remember one of my first real memories was, and this is a little inside football, yeah. but um Chris Smith's house. Yes. He was my next door neighbor, and yes. now he's in Harvard Sally team, of course. Yes. Uh, we were watching the Super Bowl together. It was the uh, Giants versus the Bills. 1991. And Scott Norwood kicked the ball wide right. I was sitting on his mom's bed watching it happen. And the ball went wide, wide right, and I yes. knew that we won the Super Bowl. Yes. And that was my first memory. That was it. Yeah. I have to say about those Giants, and, I mean, we can get into helmet aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as we're on helmet aesthetics. Sure. I love – I mean, the Giants logo now is the cool kind of cursive NY, and the Y swoops under to underline them. Correct. What I loved about the early 90s Giants helmets is that it was the full word Giants. Yes. And it was the underlined. Yes. I just really liked seeing one full – and it was unadorned by yep. anything. The logo was just the word Giants. Not Cute. Not cute. Not cute. The word. <laughs> so straightforward. The word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love that. Not mad. I really like that a lot. Um, that was also a time back in the day yeah. when there was a lot of VHS tapes. Yeah. And it would be like 
the NFL's craziest hits. Oh my God, Bill. And talk about a sea change Dude. in the culture of the NFL. You're right about that. You can't hit the quarterback anymore. That's right. Uh, concussion protocol all over the place. You can't hit the wide receivers high. You can't hit them low. Right. Um, anything where you slam somebody into the ground is now a penalty. Yes. They were making videotapes about all of those plays just 10 years ago. Celebrating the hardest hits. Yeah. The b- biggest bone crushers, the NFL, Ronnie Lott, ultimate mixtape. Yep. Those video VHSs were amazing, yep. and that was – I know that I talked about my family getting the Sunday New York Times. Another thing, we would get Sports Illustrated, my dad, big sports fan, and like those VHSs were always the Renew Your Subscription gift. Yep, yep. And you were just getting like crazy, like wacky NBA bloopers or like NFL bone crushers. Well, that's the thing. They would try and take the edge off of the NFL bone crusher DVDs by being like – or VHSs by saying, and here's a blooper tape. Exactly. Where, like Dan Marino can't pick up the ball. Exactly. Right. Yes. Um, but a lot of those crushing hits – and all of those the videos that we all watched forever right. created this culture in the NFL that now makes it even that much more complicated to be a fan of I and agree. to root for the game. I agree. And um, it doesn't help that Donald Trump, the country and the world's biggest asshole, yeah. uh, has decided to try and divide the players and yes. the owners and the fans and everyone yes. else. Um, a funny little like petty like personal thing about Donald Trump v. the NFL uh, is – I mean of course obviously it's so endlessly complicated. A lot of the big owners of the NFL teams are big donors and supporters yeah. of Donald Trump. But the petty, like, classic, of course, Trumpian thing about it is that he um, bought a USF, USFL team in yeah. the 80s and tried to, like, rival the NFL, and it failed of course. miraculously. Every decision he makes is the wrong <laughs> Yeah. One. But just the fact that he has a per- – once again, he has a personal vendetta, a personal vendetta against the NFL, yeah. which is now we are seeing who could have predicted that 25 years later Donald Trump TV – reality real estate man's personal vendetta against the NFL because he the USFL failed would now become like national policy conversation. It's surreal. He's an it's, asshole. It's very surreal. Yeah. Uh, we'll go into the first song break. Okay. Um, do you were you a fan of They Might Be Giants? Um I mean I, I, a fan would be pushing it too far. I know that the cooler, older kids were. Let me ask a better question. Okay. Can you name one song by They Might Be Giants? That's not Psycho Killer, is it? I don't know. Oh, shoot. I'm going to make a fool of myself. Either they covered it or I think it's Psycho Killer. Might be there. Might be Giants. Well, there was definitely like the ska because like them and Real Big Fish, they, they were covering songs. Yeah, they were. They were doing ska covers. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you think they did Psycho Killer I'm by pr- Bowie? I, is that Bowie or uh, – David Bowie. Maybe is it David Bowie? Oh, jeez. No. I don't know. I'm not totally sure. Okay. So I don't think we're doing They Might Be okay, Giants. Yeah. This yeah. is Young Thug all over again. Yeah. yeah we're back in our same old conundrum. Um – should we just do Come On Eileen by Real Big Fish? Love that I song. I mean, I feel like that's the sister of Crowd Pleaser. Okay. Are we doing that? Have a good Friday. Come on, Eileen. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. We'll be right back. No Joke Podcast. <laughs>
cover of Come On Eileen by Real Big Fish. Yeah. The song originally, I want to say, sung by Dexy's Midnight Runners. Biggie Time. Biggie Time. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I feel like the ska movement was like half covers yeah. and half originals. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was in college, Napster and LimeWire were Huge. popping off. Kazaa. Yeah. And that's where I was learning all about ska covers. Yes. Yeah. It was huge. Covers, there is, yeah, I know. It, it was, it was like that was part of the fun. I feel like college age Napster thing was like not only discovering new music, right, but also finding like the tweest, weirdest, most anachronistic cover mm-hmm. of the song everybody knows. Totally. They didn't know that there's like an EDM version of Radiohead's Creep, and right. it was like that's cool, right? To, like, right, find right. A, Yep. The most anomalous. Uh, yeah, I remember there was a Dave Matthews Band song, yes. uh, Crash into Me. Oh, of course, come on. But somebody added like. The lightest Oh, drums. I know, Bill. <laughs> if you were a Dave Matthews fan, it was a big day when this, <laughs> if you call it a remix, I don't even think I, this, this version came out where it was just like they added, and I was like, damn, crash into me, thumps. Your thumps, you could dance? Not exactly. Sounded like a matchstick and just like a little, and you were like, this is a whole different Dave. Yo. This is drum and bass. This is all Drum and bass, though. Brit Dave. Okay, it's the second act of the No Joke Podcast. We yes. are talking about the NFL. Yes. We just started talking about it. I say we really go in now. Okay, great. Uh, which which topic would you like to go first with? There is the CTE scandal. Yeah, I mean, well, let's start there. Okay. I mean, we here is my, again, and we should, in the effort of full disclosure, I, I, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before also, like I, of course, grew up a sports fan, watched NFL on Sundays yeah. just because it was what one did. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. The past few years, my personal interest interest has kind of waned i think a just out of like kind of just like busy life natural proclivity like other interests etc but b i have to say it really my disinterest in the nfl does get inflamed by what i perceive to be some pretty vicious corporate interests that they protect pretty ferociously at the expense of player safety so it's uh, i think it's a big problem and i feel like the nfl really does and roger goodell um they're a little obstructionist in in terms of the scientific research that goes into cte and the links between um, concussions that the players sustain in the NFL during their careers and the mental health issues that arise afterwards mm-hmm. and how one exacerbates the other. Mm-hmm. And I do – my sort of like how, the Howard Zinn follower in me is perpetually suspicious of the NFL as giant corporate entity yep. protecting its interests at the expense of its players. Yes. So I, I get – Cynical and kind of angry about that. With good reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's with good reason. Yeah. CTE is brain trauma. Yes. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a, I can't remember what it's called, the middle, but the, the T is trauma. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the C stands for brain. Yes. Um, and it's really affecting a lot of players. Yeah. And it's the type of thing where, I mean, even Aaron Hernandez. I know. Aaron Hernandez got, uh, he, he murdered a couple people. Yes. Bad, terrible, awful. Very, very bad. Uh, he had stage three CTE, which um, boxers get it, yeah. ex-football players get it, but they get it in their 60s. He's 28 years old. Yeah. Uh, it gives you uh, fits of rage. It gives yeah. you fits of confusion. Yeah. And there's been a string over the last 10 years or so where professional football players yeah. have, in seemingly level-headed situations, gone into environments and killed others or themselves. Yeah. And when their brain, brains are studied, 
they are revealed to have CTE. Yes. Junior Seau, yes. who is one of, like, the American flag of the NFL. Like, he was, like, beloved. He yeah. was a good man. Yeah. He was respected. He one of the big mascots. For the community. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he shot himself in the chest <sighs> so that they could study his brain. Wait, he did that so that they could? Mm-hmm. How do we know that? He left a note or something? Yeah, Holy that, that, that crap. was just, that was news that came really? to the top. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so it, and that is so god. It's like it's heartbreaking. It's like there is a that what a what a literal cry for help. Yeah. I mean, what a literal sort of shouting from the rooftops and using I mean, this is morbid, but that's what we're talking about. Like using suicide as a almost a political gesture, like suicide as a mm-hmm. information, as a Yelp, and as a plea for for yes. information. Yeah, is really sad, and it's tragic. And I think that there's it's almost inarguable to your point uh, that more care has to be given to it, or at least to to study it yeah. and to provide what el- whatever they can. Yeah, you know, it's a billion trillion dollar industry. Yeah, and the NFL has to walk this line. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. They have to walk the line. They ha- they do have a wildly lucrative and expensive product to maintain. Also, science is real. Mm-hmm. And also, like, they've been researching this over the course of years. Mm-hmm. And, like, the link, like you just said, has become kind of impossible to refute that there's a connection. It's almost like the global warming thing. It's like... Does football ca- does playing football innately cause people to have CTE? Maybe not. Does it exacerbate uh, things that might already be there in terms of mental health and like brain damage? For sure. Mm-hmm. And like for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get the NFL has this line to walk where they want to protect their product, and I think that they're afraid that if too much information and research and fact gets out, and it feels like it's already out, but is ign- that the NFL? I feel like if they acknowledge it. If they acknowledge the problem of like chronic CTE and brain damage in their players, then they will ha- then it poses a, an existential threat to the NFL. They'll have to change the entire way the game is played, perhaps. What happens? And they if don't want to get into that. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. What happens if the players, which they do, sign an acknowledgement of risk? Does that take, yeah. Does that take pressure off of the NFL? I think it does. I think it does. Because I mean, that, that happens. When they yeah. join the NFL, there is an acknowledgement of risk yeah. that what I'm doing is uh, my choice. Yeah. And I'm putting my body and I'm putting it all out there. Yep. So and, and, does that take some of the that, – that's not to say that the NFL should then be absolved of having to simultaneously take care of its employees. Right, I mean, Every company should be taking care of its employees, health benefits, all that kind of stuff. That's right. But if you acknowledge that I know what I'm doing, yeah. this this – job this sport has given my life purpose it's given me direction yeah is there still value in it and and should and and should the nfl be the only ones to point their fingers out should the players to a certain degree also should we also be treating them with the same kind of scrutiny scrutiny that we're treating the nfl with because they're saying i'm down i know it to a certain degree i think yes Mm -hmm. um to a certain degree i think that there is like I mean, of course, okay. and it takes two to tango, and the NFL is the employer, and the players are the employees, mm-hmm. and the players know the risk right? to, to some, to, to some to degree. an extent. They could probably know more risk, and the NFL should probably be better at explaining what those A risks little more are. transparent, just 100%. to give their players all the information mm-hmm. about what the risk of their job is, mm-hmm. occupational hazard, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but is, I mean, like, yeah, I think that the, the thing that makes it very complicated frankly, is the power dynamic of it. I mean, like, are the players, quote-unquote, responsible for their own health? Yeah. I mean, like, of course, to some degree. And that's why when I think about, and we can touch on this in the third act, when I think about the future of the NFL, like, what it could evolve into, I I have sort of a couple different, like, potential future realities. And one is that in the future... 
it will only be the most ra- – it'll be like – NFL will be like gladiators. It'll be like only the people – the pool of people who are willing to put their, their bodies and brains at risk will get will shrink and shrink and shrink. Mm. And in 15 years, it will only be like the reckless, crazy gladiators who like know they're going to get brain damage and are going to do it anyway. Mm. That that will be the only sort of yep. – gr- that the – the pool of potential athletes, NFL athletes, will get smaller because players will go to rugby, they'll go to lacrosse, they'll go to basketball, they'll go to baseball. People will simply stop playing football. I would argue that that's already happened. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would argue that there's no way of yes. actually saying, like, you know what? Now the elite athletes are, are not doing You're right. it anymore. You're- yeah, you're right. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a little so loud with these headphones now. You got the headphones. I can tell. Um, yeah, <laughs> is there a difference? A lot of people are saying like, I'm no longer watching the NFL, yeah. or I'm no longer supporting the NFL yeah. because the way they treat their players and, and that that it's inherently violent, right? And that when they leave the league, they are shells of who they once were. X, Y, and Z. Right. All those things are on the table, and right. to a certain extent, all of those are true. Right. Is there a major difference between that and the military? Where these people join the military, they become military families because it provides them direction, it provides them with a steady paycheck, it gives them a sense of community, it's all they've ever known, their parents did it too. Who are, are is, there, is there a discernible difference between the two? And the military, I mean, like, they're also doing some pretty gnarly things out there. Yes. Uh, not only, I mean, I mean, this is... I have neither been in the military nor in the NFL. Right. So like – and I know very, very few people who are in either. Yeah. <laughs> so like this is an incredibly uninformed opinion. But I mean like uh, I, I find a great, uh, an incredible deliberate overlap between the military and the NFL. Interesting. And I feel like that's on purpose, right? I feel like the NFL it like um, – and I'm going to get – this is a half fact that I half read. Okay. Uh, which is that players didn't even start standing for the national anthem in oh. sporting events until like 2004 or 5. In the NFL, I think it was, like it, five, it was like five or six years ago, they weren't even on the field yet. That's right. They weren't yeah. even on the field during the national anthem. Yeah. And the reason that they started it was some, I don't know if it was like an official contract with the Department of Defense, but it was like hmm. a very deliberate um I want to say corporate merger, but just like merger of interest between the military industrial complex and the NFL to like team up and make a statement for the troops. That I didn't know. So I think it was like – I think the NFL has explicitly aligned itself with the military and Hmm. vice versa um, that they're all – Bob Costas had a very interesting thing to say yesterday, which was like their NFL is always trotting out these heroes. that We're always acknowledging heroes during NFL games. And in the NFL, it's only ever military personnel. They're never acknowledging teachers or construction workers or nurses. It's always military personnel. So there is a a heavily implication in the NFL community through the NFL prism that heroism is linked to military service. Right. The whole reason this flag thing is so particularly inflammatory in the NFL is because there is such a firm, strong military tie Mm -hmm. that, in my personal opinion, Donald Trump is exploiting for all the wrong reasons, obviously. Right. To his own personal interest. Right. Um, But so, yeah. And and, I mean, again, not really knowing too much about army veterans and how they're treated, I do think there's a – to the layman, there's a big parallel between like you put in your years of service and how well does the – U.S. government in one case and the NFL in the other case protect you once you leave. Right. And I do think that there's a parallel in terms of, yeah, soldiers have PTSD and there's some some big gripes about how they're not properly cared for and how yeah. their mental health isn't sufficiently considered. Right. And I think that you could definitely make the same argument that NFL players, once they leave the league, their mental health is not considered and Junior Seau happens. Mm-hmm. One suggestion I heard yeah. that could – you know, I don't know what the it, – it's pretty uh, hard to believe that there's a solution right, right. Uh, to this, right. to the CTE problem. Right. But one thing I heard Bob Costas as well yeah. um, on a different interview yeah. said that flag football till 18. 
Flag football till 18. Till 18. Yeah. And then when you're a willing adult and you consent to saying, I'm going to put my body in this position, you'll probably eliminate so many micro concussions. Yeah. I can only imagine how many micro concussions I had playing sports totally. up until 18. Totally. Rugby, soccer, all that. And that was the Aaron Hernandez thing. Aaron Hernandez um, murdered and killed himself and was like 27 or 28, but even playing tackle football since 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just those sustained hits over time, over time, over time. Right. Yeah. So I, if you can almost start with a fresh brain yes. at 18. Yes. Maybe, can I yeah. can I say another solution that, or quote unquote solution or like amendment of course. that I had never thought about before, but someone told me? Make it, conti- make it a continuous clock or a continuous clock. Football is so stop and start that the, you play for six seconds and rest for 15. Play for six, rest for 15. Okay. That it provides to stop and start, stop and start, stop and start, and that the stamina of the players is able to whatever maintain. Okay. So if you keep it running like soccer or rugby, mm-hmm. where it's constant running, constant running, no play calls, no huddle, football is innately no huddle at all times, hmm. um, fatigue. The hits will be less hard because the players will simply be more fatigued over the course of the game. If yeah. it's soccer. And you're not going to, and all of a sudden that eliminates six, seven, three fifty guys from playing. Now all NFL players look like soccer players because it's about stamina, not strength. I don't, I mean, I personally, I don't think that works. I just don't, th- I think you're putting them at such a higher risk yeah. when they're fatigued on the field. Right. Blindside hits. One guy's not tired. He's yeah, gonna, yeah, oh, yeah. Destroy dudes. <laughs> the one guy who's not tired. Yeah, I don't be think the solution is for everyone to be at like even worse levels of right. like, to, that's just my personal right, right, right. I just don't think the game works that way. I think right. that you're totally you're restarting the game. That is rugby. That is rugby. That is rugby. Well, that so this is and, and again this There's is huddles. I mean, like play calling. That's all that's a part the game. of. Yeah, that's the game we signed up for. That's right. Yeah. But do you think that if, in order for the game to pre- be preserved, um, it will have? I mean, t- in my opinion, I, I guess I should say some sort of like fundamental structural change is imminent mm-hmm. and like will have to happen. Mm-hmm. Whether it's stripping down the pads. And making it a little more rugby-like in terms of, like, maybe no helmets, no pads, something like that, or f- more flag football-y. Sure. I mean, like, Some is something going to have to happen? Or maybe nothing will because the market demand for the NFL is vast and infinite, and people are always going to watch forever, right. no matter how violent it is. Right. Maybe even, sadly, the more violent it is, mm-hmm. the more people will watch. Totally. Unfortunately. Yeah. So I don't know if anything – I don't know if anything's going to have to change, yeah. really. I'm not sure. Or maybe the audience just has to change. Yeah. Where it's just like, uh, you know, a lot of people say, I'm going to boycott the NFL. I'm not going to watch the right. NFL this season. You know, maybe it just needs to lose its fair weather fans. Boxing doesn't really have those diehard fans, you know, and it's, I, I'm sorry, it doesn't have those casual fans. fans. Doesn't it's have like, casual fans. We're here for like two because we love this fight. Yeah. We love the sport. And, and that it, might have to change. I agree. And it's and it's sort of surreal now to think that the NFL would ever become like a niche thing or like a, like a thing like soccer because it's so right. popular. Well, it'll become its own version of niche. It'll yeah. be an enormous a Huge niche. niche. Yeah. <laughs> but Mega just, niche. Yeah, I think that's probably closer to what it'll be. Yeah. yeah um, let's go so. into our second act break. Great. We need another song. Yes. We have another song. We do. We need to shout this young lady out. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure what her last name is, but the email that we received, it's Agnes Music. Yes. And that's important because we want you to search for her. So good. On YouTube, on SoundCloud, all these places. Yes. We've received a few different songs. Yes. From a few different people. (laughs) Yeah, we did. It's always so fun. It is the best. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this has been my personal favorite song. Uh, Maybe mine too. That uh, anyone has sent us in our 92 episodes of Being a Podcast. It was as though we were listening to just a great pop song on a great radio station. Reminds me of Alicia Cara. Do you know that singer? No, I don't think I know Alicia She's all over the radio right now. Um, Agnes Music, Agnes Music, Agnes Music. Yes, please. Follow, listen, subscribe, support. This song is called Bad Neighborhood. Great. She was born in Australia. She now lives in Canada. She told us that that means that the No Joke Podcast has been around the world. (laughs) Uh, We're big fans of her, so we're going to shout out her song, play her song right now, and then you guys will go and download Bad Neighborhood by Agnes Music. (laughs) 
was the song Bad Neighborhood. Please go support Agnes Music on the internet. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's like sometimes I hear songs yeah. on blogs or places where it's not quite radio ready. Yes, yes. And in the back of my ear, I'm like, that's on the radio. Yes. Like, that's on the radio in a month. There's just, we have no control. This song will have to permeate <laughs> yeah. to the top. That song is a radio hit to me. I mean, as we have sort of like poured over in our summer anthem episodes, Billy and I do, we're not quite connoisseurs, definitely not experts, but maybe connoisseurs of a good pop tune yep. and of a catchy pop earwig. We talked about the Dave Matthews crash into <laughs> yeah, Okay, with those drums that come in. <laughs> this song has that same thing. Yeah. When it first started out, it's all guitar. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is going to be like a folksy Pleasant. kind of song. Then she comes in with legit drums. Oh, a little heat. And exactly. A little heat. A little heat. <laughs> <laughs> a little heat.
And it went a long way. It went a real. I was like, like, I'm ready to ride out with this song right now. And her voice, it's going up and down. It's just beautiful. She's got a a legit hit on her hands. Thank you, Agnes. Uh, We support your talent. Thank you for listening to the podcast and sending us your music. Any listeners out there who make original music, send it our way. We're very, very curious. We We want to hear it. We listen. We listen. You can send that to nojokepod at gmail.com. You can also send it to our Twitter handle, at nojokepod on Twitter. Exactly. Uh, One more time, nojokepod at gmail.com. We haven't heard from you guys in a while. We've also... We've also gotten a lot of hype 3.0. Yeah, we do. And we really, really appreciate that from all over the country. People are loving the 3.0. Yeah. 3.0 has been a good version we of We keep updating our operating system. This is a good one. Right. This is a good operating system. How old will we be when it's hyped 11.0? <laughs> yeah. So at this rate, it's if 2017. It's 2017. We're averaging a hyped request every 30 episodes or so. That's good. That's right. So <laughs> that would be 330. Episode 330 will yeah. do uh, hyped 11.0. Well, that's about what we'll get there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, keep letting us know where you're hyped from, and if you are hyped, on our No Joke uh, podcast page yes. on your iPhones. Please. And uh, nojokepod at gmail.com. Please hit us up. We want to hear from you. It's the third act of the No Joke podcast. Today, we are talking about the NFL. Yes. We loosely covered CTE. Yes. Um, there's a few other things happening in the league right now. Yes. I would like to divorce, maybe divorce it from the hev- from the sort of like political landscape for a second Please. and just get down to the nuts and bolts of it. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? Yeah. <laughs> Fun, Adam. Just as like... Like a, the Patriots. Okay, always. <laughs> Just always, ever, Why only. Why would you say anyone else? Only, right? right? Yeah. I mean. They were de- – the Super Bowl last year, they played the Falcons. They were all but beat. Yeah. They were all but beat. Same with this past week. They were all but really? beat. With six seconds left, Tom Brady hit a 45-yard touchdown pass game. They're unbelievable. They're just winners. One of my favorite things about the Patriots, and like, again, all this under the context of like, I think this whole thing is problematic, football in general. But the Patriots and Bill Belichick yeah. are so ruthless and have been. I mean, they've dominated the game for a decade. Yeah. They've been like the team of the decade. Correct. And when they run up the score, Bill Belichick got such flack for <laughs> college rules. <laughs> we're dropping 72 on you. Like, I don't care if you're the Bengals. There is just such a ferocious Ayn Randian, like, stop me if you dare, my best V, your best, let the best team win. Military. Ho! Put out every spark. Ruthless. Put out every spark on the field. There will be no more fires. Ruthless. Yes. So with the Patriots, and it's only the Patriots, I feel like, that get in this in the hot water. They're the only ones good enough. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Every team would love to have the option of dropping 65 on their Running opponents. up the score. Like, <laughs> professional teams of professionals like the Bengals would be like, please stop. Yes. Please, <laughs> please stop. Please stop. 340-pound right? <laughs> guys just walking stop. off like, this stinks. Stop. Come on. This is demoralizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we worked hard, too. This is un. Fair. Yeah. Um, do you have any dog in the fight? Do you have any guess? Uh, geez, Billy. Um, I, again, I, I'm not totally, I don't have my finger on the pulse. I know the Patriots are the general consensus Panic favorites. Panic washed over your face. Yeah, yeah. When I oh. asked you that question, you looked at both knees, oh, and then you looked to your right, and you're like, how do I get what, through this? I wonder this? if my knees have an answer. Right. Um, I mean, based on very, very little, I'm going to go ahead and say Packers-Patriots. Okay. Is that... That's, that, that's probably on the table. That's two best quarterbacks. Two best quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask you a question that might be a little bit more appropriate for you. Yes. Who was your favorite Super Bowl halftime performance of all time? That's a great question. Um, that's a really, really good question. Do you There's, need reminders? I could use a couple of reminders. I have one at the tip of my brain, but I could start use, there. The tip of my brain was, I don't know if this was one or two years ago and who she was guest spotting for, but it was Missy Elliott. For Katy Perry. For Katy Perry. So that, that was the left shark and right shark. Well, that was left shark. Yeah. Okay. So not left shark and not Katy Perry, but specifically Missy. Yep. 
the mit- I thought Missy came out and stole the show. A surprise. A surprise. Yep, yep. So there Missy's was up top there right. was the uh, year where uh, Aerosmith and Britney Spears oh. and In Sync, I believe it was all of them. That huh? was a big one. All of them. There was Prince when he played oh. when he played in the rain. Okay, well that's amazing. Uh-huh. Was that one of the Giants Patriots games? I don't Hard think, to tell. I don't think that was a Giants. Okay. I don't think that was a Giants. That was incredible. That's up there because it was like, of course, it just started downpouring. Yeah, yeah. And he ripped. 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 Um, Beyonce unleashed formation. That was pretty cool. And then Lemonade. That right, was right after the game. That was very, very cool. Lemonade was dropped right after the Super Bowl. Pretty sure. Cool. Pretty sure. Cool. Or like, yeah, her visual album. Cool. I mean, do, yeah, do it right. you were really good, mm-hmm. really, really good. There Bruce were, Springsteen sliding crotch first into the camera. Give uh, us a give memory. It, give it to us. There was a rumor <laughs> that Jay Z was asked to perform at this year's Super Bowl, and he said no. That's right, unconfirmed, unconfirmed, unconfirmed. The source said that. Now, what do you think about that? Why would one say no? Is it because the NFL is so politically precarious right now? Is that why you think he would say no to the Super Bowl, easily the biggest audience ever? It's not uh, confirmed that he did right, say no right, or right. that anything was offered. Right, but if I was him and I ha- and I knew that this is my answer and I had to reverse engineer why yes. it's my answer. The story of OJ, a song that's on his album. Yes, uh, he dedicated to Colin Kaepernick. Yes, he's been vocal about uh, Colin Kaepernick being blackballed from the NFL owners right. uh, for the past couple of months. Right. I imagine there's a bit of a hypocrisy if he were to then line the NFL owners' pockets with money by performing there. Good point. Um, he's also Jay Z. Yeah, doesn't need it. It's could not use a- it. I mean, like Beyonce did it. Could right. use it. Doesn't need it. Not going to raise his profile. Right. Right. It's like it's Jay Z. He'll do what he wants. Right. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's not crazy to imagine somebody just being yes. like, I just like for the same feelings you have about the yeah. NFL. It yeah. just feels messy. I don't yeah, want to support. Messy. But can I also say one thing? Not to get us back into the sad morass. Go. But I do feel like something unfortunate that has happened over this just this past weekend with all Trump tweeting now. Trump inserting himself into this yeah. kneeling v standing narrative. Yeah. Like a wild man. Yeah. Like a selfish, egomaniacal wild man. The fact that he's done this, to me, one of the upsetting unintended consequences is that the original point of the protest has been completely diluted. Of course. Completely obscured. Well, that's what he does. Right. He obscures. He He confuses. If there's an issue on the table, he will say something big and loud and messy that will make everyone turn their head and look that way when the problem is over here or the issue is over here. Colin Kaepernick protesting police violence against black people, the alarming rate at which African-Americans are killed by the police relative to any other group of people in the United States. That's Mm -hmm. a real problem. Mm -hmm. That was the specific issue that he was protesting back during the Obama administration, by the way. And he was doing it uh, sitting on the bench. He wasn't even taking a knee for his first three games. He was just trying to have his own personal protest. about police violence. Now, Trump inserts himself, and now it just becomes a general wash of vague patriotism. Mm -hmm. Flag stands Mm -hmm. for America. Those who kneel are traitors now it's about sons of bitches sons of bitches sons of bitches that uh, to me that was another thing where it's just like the language this guy language he's crazy yeah and now it becomes about like now all of a sudden of course and everything it's about now it's somehow it's about trump and now it's about like kneeling means about trump and so when i saw during the cowboys game monday night the team makes a gesture jerry jones gets front and center and they all kneel and i thought man like this is this has been really far removed from the original function of what of Colin Kaepernick's original gesture. This has been really kind of far aflung yeah. from what it was originally intended to be, and I lament the fact that Trump has muddied the conversation once again and always. Yeah, I mean he's a shithead. Shithead. He's like a, I mean like honestly like <laughs> yeah. I don't even like using foul language on this <laughs> podcast, and he's like an asshole. He's a shithead. He is yes. our president, and uh, he is the absolute worst. 
He's yeah. divisive. I mean, like yeah. the country is founded on, or at least it prides itself on saying, "United we stand, divided yeah. we fall." Yeah, he is a divisive man who yes. wants nothing more than to put wedges in between people. Yes, to just slowly drag people over. Yes. And he's able to acknowledge or see the flag as being the sort of flashpoint symbol for patriotism and right. being a very digestible symbol right. that he can then just sort of give it its own meaning. Right. Uh, the symbol, the flag is the most important thing and those who kneel are traitors. It should be fired, he for says. What, for what it's worth, you can buy an American flag uh, thong bikini right. online. Right. You can literally put the American flag up your ass. It's not so sacred. Right. It's not so sacred. I mean, it's right. like it's made on hats. It's right. made on football jerseys. It's made on basketballs. You could buy underwear with That's it. It's right. like, don't, it's selective patriotism is some bullshit. Some real bullshit. And the hypocrisy of the military argument being like, if you kneel for the flag, it's disrespecting the military, our servicemen who give their lives and sometimes lose their lives defending this country. So the overwhelming majority of the military people, and again, this is just from my anecdotal evidence, are like, the right to protest is why we we're in the for. army. Right. That's why we fight. Right. So for him to pervert and, and that's just him, and that's like a common thing of like those who kneel, it's disrespecting the our, our armed forces. Right. It's it's literally quite the opposite. Read a book about Pat Tillman. Read, yeah. Watch the documentary on Pat Tillman. If you want to know Very pro dissent. <laughs> yeah. Very pro dissent. Left the NFL out of dissent so that he could fight for what he believed. He <laughs> If you wanted, like, the perfect example of the – where the two circles align right. of the NFL and military right. and what they're fighting for, right. learn a little bit more about Pat Tillman yeah. of the Arizona Cardinals. And it becomes doubly disgraceful then when Pat Tillman's name and memory is used explicitly as a propaganda tactic by the president. Well, he's a shithead. He's a shithead and an asshole, like you said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel no – I, I don't feel bad at all. Yeah. Uh, there is no second side to yes. his coin. Yes. He is a bad man and he's in power. What do you think the future holds for Colin Kaepernick specifically? Legend. Like, honestly, I don't think he plays another football game ever. And I think that his legend grows and grows and grows and grows. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he has to play another football game. I don't think he has to go on a speaking tour. I mm -hmm. literally don't think he has to do anything. Mm -hmm. He was the necessary first step. Yes. He was the seed. Yes. And now all of these other athletes i mean like yeah steph curry not going to the white house like lebron james calling him a bum yeah. everyone just feeling very empowered to suddenly be like you know what even though i'm an athlete i'm not going to play the safe card anymore. that's right i'm going to push back a little bit because now i feel like i have a community around me yeah you know i have other athletes who are, are unafraid to say the same thing or are going through the same thing that i'm going through it <clears throat> The league required one. Yes. Pro sports required one yes. where we could all just keep pointing at. And maybe he's a sacrificial lamb. Kaepernick. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't play for another NFL yeah. team. Maybe that's a good thing. I think that might be a good thing. Maybe we don't need to see him getting sacked and people standing, you know, wanting to see him get crushed on the yeah, field. Yeah, that would be like the – He's done – I mean, if he wants to play football, get out Great. there and win games. Right. But I think that – What's the lasting impact? He's a legend, and kids will talk about him forever. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I'm on team take a knee. Oh, obvious. Come on. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think that it's just – it sort of raises this discrepancy between the NFL and the NBA. It's interesting to see the two leagues contrasted with each other. Maggie and I were talking about this yesterday. She was like, why is the NBA – like, what, why is it such a difference in culture? And I think that part of it is that the NBA – well, the fan bases are different, obviously. The NBA fan base traditionally is young and urban, and the, the NFL fan base in general, obviously in general, is not. 
uh, and is white and rural in j- vast, vast general. No, you're in right. Vast general. You're right. Of course. So it's a totally different fan base. Um, but also the NBA uh, has always celebrated individuality. This is something that we've talked about before. I mm-hmm. think that has something to do with the, frankly, from a cold capitalist point of view, how marketable it is. Mm-hmm. Marketing Michael Jordan as an individual mm-hmm. was the big, smartest thing the NBA has ever done for its bottom line. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone gets their own sneaker and it's about my favorite person is Chris Paul. My favorite person is Paul George. The NFL very deliberately squashes individuals, period. Mm-hmm. And it's more about the shield. Military. And for the shield and play for the team. Very military. Very military. So I do think – and now the NFL is sort of sort of bumping up against this age of social media athlete activism, which is so pervasive now. Social media has made it incredibly easy for these individual athletes to speak their mind and make their own individual personality known. And I think the NFL is just in a uh, sticky position of never having – not having the infrastructure to lift up, support – and properly contextualize individual players' points of view. Well, they're being faced with it now. Here it is. So, and it's like, exactly. and, yeah. So now it's time. Uh, they're now, at this crossroads. They, yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see how Goodell falsely or accurately supports it or yeah. fights back. Yeah. But here we are. It's we're, The NFL is at this, at this surreal crossroads. It's the football season. Yeah. That was the NFL episode. Good chat, Bill. That was that. Really nice chat. Uh, for the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast.